And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Welcome one and all to episode good lord. Uh, I made it I made it 4 seconds into the podcast today before I uh, realized I didn't really uh do my homework here. 90, episode 90. Um this week it's uh it's all about me. So I'm going to talk about um, my prep from start to finish, it is now officially done. Um, today is Friday. My shoot was yesterday, so um, the pressure's off. Everything feels good. I'm going to just review the whole thing. I've got some numbers to throw at you, some interesting little tidbits, and I'm just going to ramble on for a little bit um, and kind of you know dissect uh, everything and do a little bit of a post-mortem, and we'll, we'll take that approach here. So, And that's it. Um, we'll, we've got a little bit of a Q&A to kick things off unrelated to that. So um, let's just uh, go ahead and dive right in, shall we? So um, uh, once again, this, uh, <laughs> this podcast and, and really this, especially the Q&A segment, it really does rely on your input, your feedback, your contributions. So call in 865-518-2974, leave a message, we'll play it here, or you can email me, contact me through social media, Instagram at Darren underscore star, tweet me at Darren star, message me on Facebook, facebook.com slash five star physique. I'm on Pinterest. I don't know if you can message through Pinterest. Nobody ever has. Um, you probably can. I don't know. Five star physique on Pinterest. Interest, um, and also on YouTube. Um, you can go to 5starphysique.com or thedropset.com, click on contact, fill out the form there that goes directly to me, or you can cut out the middleman and just pull up your email and plug in Darren at 5starfitness.com, send it directly to me there. So get your contributions on the show. Um, Let's dive in. We do have a, uh, a, a voicemail this week um, from, uh, you're never going to believe who this is from, you're never going to believe it, so let's jump right into it. Hey, Darren, it's uh, Josh from Virginia again. Uh, I try to make this quick. I don't know if I keep calling at this point because I like to hear you call me your co-host or I like the sound of my voice. Um, but regardless, so uh, I have a slight gym pet peeve um, that actually leads into a question. Uh, so gym pet peeve that just I just experienced in the gym is um, I know you've, you've discussed powerlifters and their noises. Um, so two powerlifters came into the gym, immediately took up both squat racks in the gym, and uh, – uh, proceeded to take up both squat racks for the next hour the entire time I was in the gym. Um, meanwhile, I'm over at, at the military press trying to do zerker squats uh, or zercher squats, um, and uh, it just pissed me off. Uh, but anyway, so the question is actually uh, re regarding uh, zerker squats, uh, what, what's your opinion on them? Um, have you tried them? Do you like them? Because um, holy mother, they, they kick my ass. So uh, anyway, <laughs> catch you later, man. <laughs> the uh, the always reliable and dependable co-host. Thank you, Josh. Much appreciated. So, um, yeah, and you know, uh, <laughs> you said maybe you just like the sound of your own voice. Consider who you're talking to here. Um, I run a one-man podcast, and I do it twice a week. So uh, I think I fall into that same category as well. <clears throat> um, one thing, you know, the uh, I've I mentioned before, I'm part of a, a podcaster's like private community that's on Facebook. And so everybody's always asking their questions. And apparently the standard convention is um, solo podcasts are to be avoided. Um, like you've got to have interplay between, you know, your multiple co-hosts. And I don't know, the bodybuilding ones that I've heard that have multiple co-hosts, it just devolves into just shooting the shit for an hour and they talk over each other and it sounds more like AM talk radio and I don't know, it's really obnoxious. I think if you, 
if you had a, a good combo, sure. But I just don't think by default it's a it's a solid recommendation. It depends on who it is. And, you know, a, a solo personality can certainly carry a show. I don't know if that's me or not. I feel like I do okay, but I could certainly always do better. Anyway, so um, power lifters, yeah. So taking up both racks for an hour because, you know, you need to do that, especially if there's two squat racks. You've got two guys doing the same stuff. You clearly need to occupy both racks. Uh, I can't even. I, I just can't. And you know what? I'm not going to because I'm feeling so good today. Um, I'm not going to let myself go into that negative space. Like there was all kinds of stupid shit happening in the gym today when I was in there. Um, and I'm just like, you know what? Y'all just do your thing. I'm cool. I'm I'm on cloud nine over here. I'm feeling great. So y'all just do whatever you want. You can't phase me. You can't pull me out of my zone, which you want to talk about a complete and total 180 from 24 hours earlier. Whew, man. Yeah. So, um, Zercher squat. Um, first of all, good for you. Kudos. Um, because that is not something that I see people doing a lot, including this guy right here. Um, I don't do it. Um, the Zercher squat for me qualifies as an exercise that is so physically uncomfortable as to be counterproductive. Um, if not for, and I put, um, uh, typically I would put, a front squat in that same category. For me, you know, my, my elbow and my wrist flexibility is not great. And so for me to do a traditional front squat is pretty much impossible. I just can't do it. Um, and doing the cross arm version of a front squat, also known as the I Dream of Genie front squat, um, is just so monumentally uncomfortable. Uh, all I'm thinking about is shoulders, collarbone the whole time. It's a leg exercise. And I, I just can't focus on the movement actually being productive. But the variation that I do with lifting straps, where you use lifting straps to create kind of a handle so you don't have to have such uh, extreme elbow and wrist flexibility, that feels like a super productive exercise. So it, it takes something that is basically broken in my book and fixes it and makes it something that I actually like doing. I think it's actually a good exercise and um, I've, I've done it many, many times that way and it's always felt productive. The Zercher squat does not have a solution for that. For me, uh, and you know, th this is going to sound like a really beginner kind of thing to say, but it's okay. I'm going to own that. Um, all I feel when I'm doing a Zercher squat is contact point pressure, where the bar is resting in your arm. Um, if you're unfamiliar, it's where you, you basically, um, you know, you're holding the barbell as if it were like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> so it's, it's in the, the crook of your elbow, um, the, in your, in your bent elbow and you hold it like that. And then you just squat down with it and squat back up. So mechanically it's a great exercise, but I just can't get over the contact point pressure and just how damn uncomfortable it is and not in a good way. I'm all about, you know, a, an exercise putting you in an uncomfortable position and just kind of making you work. And I would say a Jefferson squat qualifies like that for me. Um, that, I mean, you, you, it feels stupid and it feels awkward, but it also feels really, really productive. Um, I get a lot of complaints when I have people do that, just saying that they feel that they look like idiots. I'm like, you probably do. And I don't care suck it up and do it because <laughs> it's a great exercise. If you mechanically have some issues with it, let's talk about it. Um, but just not wanting to do it is not good enough. So with the Zercher squat, I feel trying to do it, it, it feels like I'm swimming upstream. It feels like a counterproductive exercise. So um, I'll revisit it every few years um, and just basically just to confirm like, yep, this still sucks. Um, and then uh, and then it goes back to the scrap heap for a while. So um, kudos for you to you for trying it, though. I think it is a really good um, and proper mechanical exercise, but 
if I can't do something, um, the last thing I'm going to do is program that in. So I've never actually written a Zercher squad into a program just because I know there would be just a massive flood of complaints about it that would echo my complaints about it. So there, I just leave it out. I don't bother programming that. But good question. Good question, though. Um, I also had a question. Um, I believe I didn't make a note of this, but I believe this came from Rachel, one of my clients who is uh, looking to get ready for her first show in women's physique uh, next year. And uh, between you, me and the fence post, she's going to make quite a splash. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for her. Um, she had a question about sickness. Um, she said, I'm the type of person that being sick doesn't stop me from going to the gym, but I know many people aren't like that. When should you skip the gym or push through when sick? How do you distinguish, distinguish when a client is just making excuses? So that last part is interesting. Um, how I distinguish is I ask follow-up questions and I just kind of sniff it out and I've been doing this long enough. I can tell if something's legitimate. And also, I know who is likely to be making excuses um, and who isn't. So somebody who is struggling to get workouts in has complained in the past that they don't really like going to the gym. They're going to be the people that make excuses. People that love doing this and they talk about like, oh, I missed a workout and it just absolutely ruined my week. Like That person is not going to be making excuses. So you, you just kind of know based on the, the profile, the, you know, the, the segment of the population that you put people in. Um, you, you know who is likely to be making excuses and who isn't. Um, and, you know, it's very possible that somebody who's kind of on the fence, like, you know, oh, I like going, but I'm just having a little bit of an unmotivated spell, but they're like legitimately sick. You can read between the lines as far as how they respond to other things, um, what their macros look like. Um, you can also track like social media posts. Um, you know, I, I follow all of my clients closely on social media just to pick up cues because somebody will say, I had a great week. I'm like, oh, really? Uh, what about that thing that you posted on Friday night where you're out with your friend having drinks? Because <laughs> I don't see that anywhere in your tracker that you sent to me. That's kind of important. <laughs> so um, I do take a little bit of uh, a little bit of pleasure in calling people out on their bullshit like that. It's kind of fun. Um Especially because I do it in kind of a playful way, not like I'm pissed at you, but like, hey, I'm I'm watching this stuff, you know, I'm right here. <laughs> so um, usually they uh, they cop to it. They're like, oh yeah, oops, I I forgot about that. You didn't forget. You're gonna try and pull one over on me. Don't don't play me for that. I wasn't born yesterday. So as far as being sick, I. I well, let's start with a caveat, and then I break it into two categories. So um, the caveat is, if you're contagious, stay out of the fucking gym, <laughs> please. For the love of God, um, I don't want you in my gym if you are contagious. And if you make me sick, I will find you and I will throat punch you. And that's all there is to it. And you deserve it. You deserve it hard and you deserve it multiple times. Multiple throat punches. So um, if you are contagious, stay home. Now, that being said, let's dial it back a little bit. Um, get a little bit more analytical with it. I break this into two categories. Is it something, is it a sickness that you're taking something for? Or is it a sickness that you are just riding out and relying on your immune system to help you out with? If it's the latter, you're relying on your immune system, then if you go in and work out, you are taxing your body and you are pulling resources from your body that your immune system would otherwise be using for recovery in order to help your body recover from a workout. So that is going to prolong the issue. It's going to exacerbate the problem. It's going to make your symptoms, you know, Stay the same, maybe get worse, hang on for longer. It's not going to speed up your recovery. When you're sick, your top priority is to not be sick, is to get over it. So if that means taking a couple days off, great. Because if you go in sick, you know, you're having trouble breathing, whatever it is, you know, you're congested, you're going to have a workout that's maybe 80%. 
And that might then, if you if you prolong the issue and you drag it out, and the sickness ends up lasting a couple days longer than it would otherwise, um, those those suboptimal workouts are going to continue for longer. Whereas if you just take a couple days off. Then you can come back mostly recovered. You're at 90 percent, and then boom, you're good to go. Um, just running the numbers, it's going to be much more effective to just sit it out for a couple days. And plus, you know, if you're pushing hard enough when you're not sick, your body will make use of that time off um, to to recover. Um, it will appreciate it, and then you will go back in fully recharged. So think of that. It's an opportunity. Here, here's a good analogy for you. Um, you are going about your day. You've got, uh, you know, you're, you've got a really busy morning that this is, happens to me a lot. So, um, I wake up early. Um, I get on the elliptical. I've got my phone up. It's on Spotify. I'm kind of browsing through what am I listening to? I'm grinding through, etc. I pull up my tracker, um, while I'm on the elliptical. Um, you know, once I'm done, I plug in my calories there and then, you know, I'm, uh, doing some selfie work, doing some social media work. I go to the gym, I record videos, etc come back and oftentimes my phone is already at like 50% battery life. Okay. So then, um, you know, on a weekend, my wife will say, Hey, we're going to go down and, you know, visit family. I'm like, okay, cool. So now I'm thinking, uh, okay, is my phone going to last or not? So let me plug it in and recharge it because I could probably get away with it, but I'll feel a lot better, um, and more secure if I go down there with a full charge. Same thing here. Give yourself a full charge before you really need it. So, you know, you're, you're working hard, you're emptying the tank, and now you've got the opportunity for a couple of days off that would be beneficial because you're sick. You're like, well, I could push through, or you could just sit it out for a couple of days, recover faster, um, let your body build back up that, oh my God, I got to get back into the gym kind of sensation and then crush it once you're feeling closer to hundred percent. Now, if you're taking something, um, if you're, you're taking antibiotics for something, um, you're relying less on your immune system for recovery than um, going in and pushing through a workout is not going to create quite such a, uh, a, an energy deficit. The, the recovery for your workout isn't necessarily going to impact the recovery from your sickness. So, um, that's how I would differentiate it. I'd split it into those two categories and, and take it from there. So hopefully that helps a little bit. But again, the, the big thing is if you are contagious, you stay the hell out of the gym and that is all there is to it. And that could just be the end of the discussion. So there you go. Um, all right, let's take a really quick break here. We're going to come back and I'm going to tell you all about my prep start to finish. Um, I've got some fun statistics to run through as well and just kind of talk about, you know, not just the, the quantitative, the numbers, but also the qualitative, how do things feel, um, how did they feel, how are they feeling now, and we'll dig in a little deeper on that. Follow Darren on Instagram at Darren underscore star to see client profiles, updated workout plans, and tips and tricks on training and nutrition. All right, so it is uh, officially wrapped up now. I am no longer in a cut, um, and uh, I got to tell you, it feels pretty good, pretty liberating, and a lot of it just has to do with the stress of getting ready for this photo shoot being done now. Um, you know, it's very, very similar to uh, how you would uh, feel about a show coming and going. I mean, this was my show. My show just took, you know, three hours in the gym yesterday with a photographer, so... <laughs> 
but uh, you know, it was kind of funny. So I, I got there a little early. Um, the photographer, um, who was Bob Franklin in Knoxville, by the way, he was fantastic to work with. Um, he said he was going to get there around 1 for our one thirty shoot. It was going to take him a little time to set up. I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm going to get there at 12.45, um, talk to the front desk. You know, there's a little bit of a, f- a fee to pay to bring in a photographer to so just handle that and make sure it's all smooth. So I get in there at 12.45, and then I, uh, I just kind of start very slowly warming up, and I figure, you know, once he gets there, I'll start pumping up a little bit and uh we'll be off to the races so uh one o'clock comes and you know he's still no sign of him I'm like huh okay 115 and still no sign of him and of course i am like a massive worry wart um i, I have <laughs> just a lot of anxiety i'm like i'm always thinking about what can go wrong uh and so immediately i'm like He's at the wrong gym. He went to the wrong gym. He's somewhere. You know, it's Knoxville. It's one of the traffic isn't that bad. He's at the wrong gym somewhere. So I'm like, oh God. And I, I don't have his phone number or anything like that. We've only done things via email. So a few minutes later I check my email. Nothing. A couple minutes later I check my email. So I'm I'm just responding to clients and I'm trying to do a little bit of pump up work just in case he shows up and he's like ready to go. So um, I'm like, Oh God. Uh, and so eventually there's an email from him. He's like, Oh, I forgot my battery packs at home. Had to turn around almost back there though. So, okay. So he shows up at right around 125 or so. He's going to take a little bit to, uh, set up his uh, lighting equipment and everything. Um, which he does. And then we get started and he's got some technical issues. So he's got this thing that mounts into the, um, I think it's like a, what do they call it? Like a shoe on top of the camera where typically your flash would go, but it's just like a little Bluetooth transmitter to trigger the wireless, um, uh, lights that he has set up so that they go off as a uh, as a camera flash remotely. Um, it's not triggering triggering correctly, and it come, cer- turns out that there's like a little shim piece that makes for a nice solid connection that fell off somewhere, and it's not in his bag. He's like, it's got to be back in my office at home. So, um, but he did find that he's like, well, you know, if I if I grab the little Bluetooth transmitter and I pull it a certain way when I hit the shutter release, it tends to go off more often than not, and so we. Working through a technical issue like that, where it's like this has never happened before, um, but he knows his equipment so well, he was able to figure out what was going on and, and kind of, you know, come up with a, uh, a reasonable fix. And once we got through the first 10 or 15 minutes of shooting, um, it, we never had a problem with it again. So um, he was a, quite a pro in that sense. And so we moved all through the gym. And when I got there at like 1245, there were like three people in there. I'm like, this is perfect the thing that I've had the most anxiety about is like what if the gym's just packed and everybody's in the way you know I'm going to be the center of attention I'm going to feel like a major douchebag I'm just like I don't want that so three people get there awesome and so as I start warming up and he's late etc people start coming in coming in coming in coming in coming in by the time he gets there there's like 30 people in there (laughs) I'm like oh fuck me running damn it oh not what I needed not what I wanted at all Um, but I tell you what, we kind of just started, we started with just doing some cable work. Um, so they're all pretty much everything was action shots. Um, and you know, I didn't want to do anything where it's like, okay, I'm not really trying here. I'm just kind of faking it. I'm like, no, I'm going to move some weight. It's like, you got to move quick. Cause if you want, if you want to see me hold that squeeze, I'm not going to be able to hold it. Cause this is a, this is real, you know, putting on some reps because the thing is, I wasn't worried about my body being ready. I was worried about my face being ready because I make stupid faces all the time. And, you know, you see people who are like, you know, have their, their model expressions or whatever. I can't fucking do that shit. I don't have a bone of that, of that variety in my body. I have none of that in my DNA whatsoever. Um, so 
I was just trying to avoid having major derp face throughout the whole thing. And, spoiler alert, I mostly failed. So, there will be some interesting photos that come back. And, you know, I mean, you're, you're exerting during a workout. That's fine. And I think that's totally appropriate. We did do a couple shots where I, I tried to get just some that were, like, semi-candid. Where they, I mean, they were posed, but they weren't, like, mid-workout or anything. And those are, it's going to be tricky to find some good ones out of those just because of the face. It's like, you know, somebody says smile and it's like, and it's like the most forced, stupid looking, cheesy facial expression, kind of half non-smile that you could possibly imagine. It's like, holy crap. So um, anyway, my face is the only thing that's going to let me down there. I think the, the body was mostly on point. I felt pretty good about it. I had a good pump throughout the session, kept eating throughout the session. So filling up with carbs, midsection was getting a little loosey goosey there. It was really hard to keep it tight. My abs are sore this morning just because I was walking around sucked in the whole time. Um, did a couple of outfit changes. Uh, and I gotta tell you, I've, uh, I could never imagine myself being the kind of guy that's comfortable just like walking around shirtless in a gym, especially when the gym rules specifically say shirts on inside. I'm like, screw that. I got a photographer here. Anybody can come talk to me. You you just come talk to me. Uh, so uh, nobody did. It was fine. And I felt really comfortable with the whole thing. I mean, it was, it was good. We got in a lot of, uh, a lot of different moves in a lot of different areas. Um, he was a master of lighting. So, I mean, he (laughs) showed me some of the shots on the camera on the screen and, uh, he made it look like a professional studio when that gym is just lit like dog shit. Um, like I'm, I can't, I can't get a quality selfie in there to save my life. Um, but he made it look like it was a professional studio just because of how he was able to manipulate his remote light. So it was awesome. So, um, really looking forward to seeing those. He said a couple days and he'll have them to me. Um, so I will uh, certainly be, be sharing those as well. So the whole thing start to finish. So this prep, um, I've got my spreadsheet up, my tracker spreadsheet. So I will be doing a quick video for Facebook. Um, that's going to be a shorter version of this later on as well. So, um, it, uh, what, what do we got here? So this started back on July 29th with me weighing about 220 pounds. And I had actually started cleaning things up a little bit beforehand. So I was up as high as 230, but I kind of stabilized around 225, 226. And then I, I put in a good solid couple weeks just to try and cut down a little bit. Um, before I, I really, really hit it and started attacking things. So um, I, f- I feel pretty good about that, though. So I started right around 220, and I ended up here at the end. I got down as low as 195.4, um, which was uh, a week ago today, actually. And then it, uh, it hung around that general range here, and then we started to carb up a little bit, and then the weight came up, um, and it came back down, and then it uh, you know it kind of stabilized right around that 200 range, actually. So... As you manipulate carbs and water, all kinds of weird things happen. Like I start sucking down that water and I drop like three or four pounds. Um, and then the water comes down, the carbs come up, and those pounds come back plus a couple more. So peak week was pretty interesting. So it, it was around a 25-pound swing throughout prep in 16 weeks, which is pretty reasonable. So um, if I had to do it again at this um, body composition I'm at right now, and if I was trying to get stage lean, I'd have to be targeting probably the high 180s, like 187, 188, because I've certainly still got some fat to lose. The midsection isn't as tight as I like. Um, but uh, overall, it worked really well. So I also tracked my abdominal skin folds throughout so they were measuring pinches were at 11 and 10 millimeters on each side of the uh, belly button um, when I started and they got down to threes so that's good I would have liked to have seen twos but I'll take threes um cardio um so looking at cardio here quantitatively I'm just going through all the minutes here and I tallied it up and so at the end of the day 
uh, the end of the prep, throughout the whole thing, all 16 weeks, I did 2,857 minutes of fasted cardio, uh, which works out to 47.6 hours of fasted cardio. Calories burned during those sessions, 34,081. 34,081 calories burned from fasted cardio. I also worked in um, typically post-workout, but what I classified as classified it was other cardio, not fasted. So post-workout or afternoon sessions, 929 additional minutes, so 15 and a half um, hours all told with an extra 12,193 calories um, coming from those. So that means if I add this up, and I did not do this, so let's add that and then that. So total minutes. That didn't work. Oh. Oops. Here, here I am recording a podcast trying to type in Excel formulas at the same time. So uh, that worked out to um, 3,786 total minutes of cardio or 63.1 hours. Whew, that's a lot. Um, and then if we look at total calories burned, 46,274 total calories burned through cardio. So... It's a fair bit. It's a fair bit. Um, how much cardio did I miss um, throughout the entire thing start to finish um, as far as what coach wanted me to do and what I actually ended up doing? I missed a grand total of 70 minutes of cardio. Um, there was one day here, October 20th, that was a Saturday, um, where I was, I needed to hit 30 minutes and I hit 20 instead. That was a day where we ended up, um, a couple weeks ago going to, uh, my wife's college reunion up in Virginia and we wanted to leave early, like about eight 30 and I had to get in fasted cardio, go to the gym and hit a back workout come back, prep some meals, and hit the road by 8.30. And so I got up, I started doing my cardio. I got 20 minutes into it. I'm like, shit, I got to go. I'm done. So I had to cut that short by by 10 minutes. Um, and then there was a day on November 2nd. This would have been two days after the death of my mother-in-law um, where – uh, you know, I, I had that episode where I was just totally off the rails when it came to food. Um, and I woke up on that day. This was a Friday, just feeling unable to do anything. Like I couldn't do cardio without wanting to throw up. So, um, I missed two sessions there, 30 minutes a piece. So 30, 30, and then 10 minutes from the, from October 20th. That was it. Other than that, if I was supposed to do 30 minutes, I did 30. I did not do 29. I did not do 28. I did 30. I also did not do 31. <laughs> I did not go over. Um, there was one day where, uh, I was supposed to do double four. 40s and I hit 40 and 33 and I remember that that was November 6th so that was just uh, you know, about 10 days ago right now um, this was during a really hard stretch where I was hitting double 40s for a few days in a row and it's just like it was really taxing really taxing especially on low carbs without any carb ups um, so I got 33 minutes into my post-workout cardio and I'm like I'm gonna pass the fuck out like my vision was starting to go a little bit I was feeling really wobbly and it ended up like I barely made it into the bathroom after that like <laughs> it was really really weird I was just totally totally completely drained um but I did make those minutes up the seven minutes that I was short I made those up the next day so I don't count that as a shortage otherwise like I said if if it called for 30 minutes I did 30 I didn't short myself by 10 seconds 15 seconds 30 seconds a minute nothing I went the full distance every single session and that was a goal that I set for myself at the start of this prep was 
not shortchange myself on cardio and not half-ass the intensity. And I feel pretty good, you know, tracking the, the caloric numbers. I had a pretty good pace established. Um, and I've, I've talked about this. I've written about this in my uh, recent blog post, Seven Ways to Slay Your Cardio Harder. You know, to establish a baseline for caloric burn per session. And for me on my elliptical in the garage, if it reports that I'm burning about 12 calories per minute, that's a good clip to be at. So you just do the math and you know, you're 10 minutes in. If you're at 120 calories burned, you're right on pace. If you're above that, great. If you're below that, pick the hell up pick up your pace. Um, and so I did a good job of maintaining that pace, except for a couple days here and there where there's a serious energy deficit. So, you know, like I can see here on October 27th, I had a 30 minute session and instead of burning 360 calories, I had 331. So that was a little, little, little bit of a lax effort. Um, but then made up for it, um, with the second session that was a little bit above average burn later in the day. So, um, that, that's cardio in a nutshell. I feel really good about how I tackled cardio for the prep. Um, it was just, you know, no issues. It was all business. I don't mind it. I still have a fair bit of cardio to do coming out of prep right now. Coach wants me to really, you know, continue hammering that just to avoid any kind of bad rebound because she knows that I'm going to eat some shit. And, uh, you know, I don't want to disappoint her. So, of course, I am. <laughs> I am eating some shit. Um, but I also, uh, I did fasted cardio this morning. I did post-workout cardio as well. Uh, and I tell you what, it was, it was liberating. I had uh, no difficulty at all um, hitting my pace. So, um, she had me doing um, hit sprints for most of my fasted cardio. Um, and so now... She just wants me doing moderate cardio. So instead of 12 calories per minute, I'm at 10. So if I maintain a 10 calorie per minute pace, it's good. I get a decent sweat going. I'm not killing myself, but she doesn't want me to. So, um, so cardio feels good. And I, I'm just, I'm really, really pleased with how I tackled it because that is an area of prep in the past that I've always struggled with. I'd let myself off the hook. My intensity would suck. Um, it would call for a 30 minute session. And, you know, oftentimes these are programs that I wrote for myself. Um, and I would just say, eh, 25 is good. That's fine. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I'd work with a previous coach and it was off season and he'd say, you know, hit cardio two to three times a week. I'm like, well, two to three, that's a flexible number. And, you know, zero is close to that. So, all right, I'm just not going to do any. So, um, I feel like, um, I feel like the, the coach that I have now, Lainey Hart, um, she's awesome. Uh, and I realize, yes, what I do, it's, I'm in direct competition with her, but she's a badass and she's great. And I feel like she does a really good job of holding me accountable as well. And, you know, she also kind of just makes me want to put in my best effort. And that's one of the biggest things that you can ask from your coach. Like, you know, do, do you have um, a good rapport and good mutual respect between coach and client that, you know, you as the client, you want to put in your best work for this coach. I mean, ultimately you're working for yourself and you're doing this for yourself. Um, but you're also, you know, you want, you want to do your coach right at the same time. So, and you're going through this now, I can see that, like there's a lot of value in that. So, um, that's cardio. Um, how many workouts did I miss throughout the whole prep? This might not surprise you. Zero did not miss a session. If I was scheduled to go in, I did it. Um, so, and that's for 16 weeks, zero missed sessions, six days a week, 16 weeks. Um, that's the expectation. And I'm not patting myself on the back for that. If I had missed a session, um, that would be, you know, worth discussing. Like, why did that happen? So, um, you know, things come up, um, things happen, situations change. You know, there was, as we've talked about before, there was a lot of things that came up during this prep. Some were predictable, some were less predictable. Um, nothing interrupted the schedule, though. There was no reason for anything to. Um, based on when I work out, it's a very controlled time of day in the morning. So, 
Um, and that's one of the reasons why I go in the morning because there's just less opportunity for stuff to get in the way so I don't miss anything. Um, diet. Let's talk about some food, shall we? So um, there's a, a fair bit to talk about here. So um, the overall strategy here, let, let's talk about where I started and where I ended up. So where I started, um, so first of all, I did macros the whole way. And eventually, um, Lainey provided a little additional guidance on food selection. She never went all out meal plan, but she did say, let's cut out X at this point. Let's cut out Y at this point. Um, cause she knew what I was eating and how I was putting my meals together. And for the first eight weeks or so, it was pretty much anything goes. And then, um, there was one day, where was it here? It was... I can find it. I can find it. Um, yeah, this was uh, seven weeks and three days out. This was on September 24th. That was the day we went gluten-free. So um, I was having crackers for a post-workout carb, um, and that was the day that that stopped. So seven weeks and three days out. We cleaned that up. Went gluten-free then. Um, cut out sweeteners at uh, two weeks and three days out. That was a difference maker. Um, and not in a good way that made everything harder, so much harder. And in retrospect, um, knowing what I know now, um, I would probably, um, I would probably push back on that a little bit and say, Hey, instead of cutting them out, can we just cut them way down? <laughs> Cause I was doing really well with like a post-workout protein shake and my carbs. And as soon as the protein shake went away because there's artificial sweeteners in there, um, I had to make some meal changes and the extra foods that I brought in, they started causing, um, some stomach issues that my stomach never really got caught up on. Um, so I was always just dealing with a little bit of digestive, like GI upset for the, the last two weeks and change because of that. And we were working around it and we were trying to come up with solutions, but, um, in retrospect, I'd probably, um, it, it, when it comes around again, I would probably push back on that a little bit and say, Hey, can I keep that in? Um, just remembering what happened last time. So, um, how many days were off? Um, you know, I looked through the notes here and starting on July 29th, which was day one, I had no issues until we get to October 9th. October 9th, and this was um, five weeks and two days out when I snuck in five Oreos because they were hanging around the house. My wife had them. I'm like, damn it, those look good. And so I had five. Oops. Um, but also the next day I dropped a half a pound. So <laughs> the danger there is you're like, well, clearly I just need to start adding five Oreos every day. So um, everything was perfect until then. That was fine. That was also the day before my trip. So then we had a couple of issues there. I went over on carbs the first day, which was a travel day. The one, two, three, four days I was in Oregon and stable there, no issues. And then I added 50 grams of carbs on the travel day coming back, um, which was, uh, it was a back workout. So I was actually supposed to do that. So I technically hit my numbers there just fine. Um, and then um, beyond that, there were no other issues until Halloween. So that that was the, the day the mother-in-law died, and that, that was the start of a little binge habit that lasted for a couple days. And then, honestly, the, the stress and the fallout from that, um, and then just, you know, getting close. And I feel like, you know, I had a really good 14 weeks, and then the last two, I mean, it was a tale of two preps, really. It was like the first 14 weeks, not flawless, but pretty damn good. Pretty close. We had that travel in there, you know, just like one minor slip up other than that. Um, 
and then the last two weeks, which I'm disappointed in because that's kind of crunch time, it, it wasn't good. I mean, I, I hit all my meals, but there was just there there was too much extra stuff coming in here and there, um, just because you know dealing with the situations. I'm not trying to make excuses, but um, at the same time, it was uh, it was really challenging to not stress eat um, during that, and it was a combination of factors, um, and so. I'm not sure what I would do next time, except I think part of it was just I'd kind of hit my breaking point. 14 weeks was good, and I think if I would have stopped then, first of all, I wouldn't have been lean enough, but I think I, I, I could do that. Like 14 weeks is fine. 16 weeks is a long-ass time. It's only two weeks longer than that, but those last two weeks were easily the hardest. Um, and so what I would probably do, and I don't think it was that things necessarily got harder at that point. I was just emotionally done and just drained and kind of over it at that point and just ready for it to, to be over so that I could move on and get on to the next phase. So, um, I think what, what I would do going around again as an experiment is, and and step one starts right now and that's just stay leaner in the off season. Um, you know, I don't need to get back up to 220 unless it's a much more solid 220 than it was last time. So um, I've got a good level of baseline conditioning right now. I'd like to keep a good bit of that. I know it's going to backslide a little bit. That's fine. Um, but I don't want to really like lose it completely and just get really lazy and really sloppy. So I got to hold myself accountable there. I think continuing with regular cardio is going to help tremendously there. Um, so if I can get away next time around with a 14 week prep, I think mentally I'll have a much easier time wrapping my head around that, but I just got to stay a little bit leaner. So that's the lesson to be learned from that. Um, I, I did have a, uh, a cheat meal every week. Um, coach kept that in there because, uh, you know, part of it was just, I was sending her periodic training videos so that she could see how I was pushing. I was progressing well. Everything was happening nice and consistent. Even on weeks when, you know, there might not have been a lot of scale movement or maybe I actually gained a half pound, we could tell like, okay, things are hardening up. Things are leaning out, um, which is great. And so she could just tell based on my comments on energy levels and workout intensity, like this cheat meal pretty much needs to stay in there. And until the final week, it did. So, um, had that every week. It was the same every week. It was five guys every week. So she gave me two options right out of the gate. Your cheat meal is either burger and fries or it's sushi. I'm like, well, it's never going to be sushi. So it's always going to be burger and fries. And, uh, so I said, well, like, well, we could go out to a restaurant or something, but you know, when it happened, because it was always Sunday night, she always wanted me to take it on my rest day as well. And Sunday night is just, it's a night for us when we just don't want to go out anywhere. So we never went out anywhere um, for that cheat meal. I always went and got five guys, brought it home, and that was it. And it's so funny because yesterday, once the shoot was done, where was my first stop before I came home? Five guys. Was I sick of it? No, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? Have you ever had five guys? Jesus. Um, so I'm, I'm still all in for that. Um, so that, that was a huge help as well. Just that, that weekly cheat meal made a big difference. Um, it really did. It was something to look forward to. And plus just, you know, you're riding a caloric deficit. You're training really hard. You're doing a lot of cardio without that. The tank just empties and you can feel it. Um, and then your intensity starts to suffer and then the scale is going to continue training down, but it's because of muscle loss, which is just non-negotiable. So I feel really good about how I stayed full, um, didn't really lose any size throughout prep. So that was nice. Um, uh, 
what else on diet? Let's talk macros here. So they started out, um, it's kind of interesting. They didn't really move a whole lot. Like um, protein, when I started out, it was 254 grams. And it slowly, slowly, slowly trickled down. Um, and I ended at 240. So it started at 255, ended at 240 per day. Um, carbs, I started those up at 180. Um, and then th those got, those played around a little bit more. So they got dropped down to 165, back up to 185. And then she started playing around with refeeds. Like, okay, we're going to throw in an extra 15 grams of carbs pre and post. Okay. Well, we're going to add in a total of 50 total grams of carbs on this day for, for leg day. Okay. We're going to add in maybe 60 grams of carbs. There were a couple days where we added in 75, no huge refeeds. You hear about guys who have these like five, 600 gram of carb refeeds. Never had anything like that. The highest day for carbs that I ever ever had throughout prep, I believe, was, uh, well, outside of peak week. Um, I topped out at 225 there. Um, it had one, uh, well, that was that was a travel day, so it wasn't supposed to be that high. The highest one that I hit was 225, 225 grams of carbs. That was it. That was the high day. Low was 75. Um, I did work down to uh, 75 grams of carbs on rest days for a few weeks. Um, the lowest my uh, my training day carbs ever got was 130. So started out at 180. If we're talking normal days, started out at 180, got down as low as 130. So, um, you know, pretty, pretty reasonable, pretty moderate. Um, the fats, there was a little bit more of a swing. So I started off and, you know, initially when I started this cut, I didn't have a coach and I hired Laney about two weeks in. Um, and so I started off and I had my fats around 80. Um, she took a quick hatchet to those and brought them down to 75 right away. And then they, they traveled down to 70 and then 65 for a while. And they hung out at 65 for a good bit. And then we dropped them all the way down to 50 in one fell swoop, but then brought, brought them back up to 55 and we brought out the last couple of weeks there at 55. So started at 80 and then kind of settled in at 55. So, um, <clears throat> not a whole lot of travel on those numbers. Um, but, um, as a curiosity, I just added everything up. So, um, 26,773 grams of protein throughout the whole prep, 26,773, 17,670 grams of carbs, 7,269 grams of fat, um, which works out to a whopping total of 206,848 calories. 206,848 calories. It's just kind of fun going over those numbers. Uh, there's, there's just something to be said. Like, man, that's a lot of food. Whoo, buddy. Um, so uh, peak week was interesting. So the, the big thing for me was, was water intake. Like if I had to record this podcast yesterday, I couldn't. Um, I did start off the day with a whole bunch of client check-ins. And um, I had like no water at all yesterday. I was dead dead, dead, dead. Even afterwards, because she did caution me, like once the shoot's over, get in some Gatorade, don't kill a ton of water right off the bat. You slowly reintroduce it. Um, just because you don't want to flood your system with it, you're going to have a bad time. So I brought it back in slowly. I probably worked in about 40 ounces of just plain water um, for the rest of the evening around all the food that I was eating as well. Your stomach's only going to process so much. Um, but boy, I just, I woke up with like 
painful dry mouth so many times last night. So this morning got up and I was just like, good Lord, I want some water with that fasted cardio. And so had that, pounded it during my workout. Things feel pretty good right now. So, um, but, uh, you know, for peak week, we, uh, we bumped water up to two and a half gallons for a few days, then one and a half, then one, and then, um, 64. And then for the last few days, it was just like as little as you possibly can. So that ended up being 48 and then 24 ounces, um, before the shoot on Thursday. So, um, brought in some extra carbs, um, kept protein and fats the same for, um, those, uh, those last few days. Didn't get crazy with carbs, just enough to fill out. Um, so she gave me some numbers where she's like, Hey, let's plan for this. And then, you know, we look at things and how things are progressing. And then one day she actually is like, let's skip the carbs at the last meal. And so I cursed her under my breath and, um, rolled with it. So, <laughs> um, and so then the shoot was yesterday. It went great. And so let's just outline what happened after the shoot. So everything that I ate here, um, uh, cause it, there was a good bit. So, um, <laughs> I, uh, I did uh, look like I held up a convenience store. So um, I had, what did I have? Oh, I had to pick up the Hostess Zingers. I've been jonesing for those for a long time. Um, I got a king size Twix just because I was in the candy bar. I'm like, what looks good? And that just caught my eye. So I rolled with that. Um, and then uh, had uh, went and got five guys. Got home, wolfed that down. Um, I had a little stash of a few different kinds of cookies, so I had just a couple of each one of those. Um, I had a uh, white chocolate macadamia nut cliff bar, which is like one of my favorite things in the world. It was so good. And then uh, after all that, I had pizza and ate an, ate an entire medium pizza by myself. So um, I feel like I put, I put down a pretty good amount of food. Oh, and I topped that off with a, uh, a slice of some delicious chocolate cake with chocolate icing that I got from the Publix bakery, which was amazing. It was great. And then I felt like I wanted to die. It was so painful. Oh my God. I thought I was going to explode. Um, and you've, you've got that feeling where you do that and you're like, I will never feel the same ever again. Oh my God. And it's not like I will never do that because I like, I know I'm going to do that again, but you're just like, I don't know how I can ever feel the same ever again. And you look and you're like totally pregnant looking. Like I look about six months pregnant legit right now. Um, my wife was even laughing at me. I was walking around. She's like, everything's so small. And then your stomach is just sticking out. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Trust me. I feel it. You can see my stomach coming as I walk into a room like miles before anything else. Um, and so you're like, just how is anything ever going to feel the same? But I tell you what, I woke up this morning. I'm like, I feel pretty damn tight. Uh, so, you know, it goes somewhere. I was up a few pounds this morning, but that's not a big deal. So um, not too worried about it. And getting the water stabilized and back up today will, will help tremendously with that. So I feel really good overall about where things are right now. So um, reflections, um, it was a long, a long prep. It was a long 16 weeks. I hadn't done a, a legit 16-week cut. Um, well, I, I did one last year that lasted about 12 weeks and then, um, we ended up buying a house when I was about four weeks from getting done with it. So that just kind of stopped at that point when we moved and it, I was just doing it because I knew I needed to do a cut, not because I was working towards anything. So I cut it short with four weeks left to go just for practical purposes. It just wasn't going to happen. So, um, it, it, it felt well, it felt like 16 weeks. <laughs> I can I can say that pretty safely. Um, 
it was uh it, it was long it was long it was hard but i gotta tell you like the first eight or nine weeks i feel like i could do eight or nine weeks of a cut like this in my sleep it was not difficult the cardio is easy i was not overly fatigued and then it's just the cumulative effect of everything started to catch up with me um the the deficit started to catch up the cardio started increasing a little bit more at that point um, we started to do more regular double sessions like pre, uh, like fasted and then post-workout cardio that catches up with you after a while too. So the, the first, uh, more than half, I'd say the first 60%, I don't, I don't want to say it was effortless, but it was pretty close. Like I, I do feel like I could do that in my sleep. No big deal. Um, so it might not be a bad idea just to incorporate a few weeks of a mini cut here. Um, you know, a few months down the road. Depends on how long. So I'm kind of on the fence about doing a show next year. Um, part of it is just um, practical considerations with home life. Um, my wife doesn't like it when I'm cutting. <laughs> so I, I do have to take that into consideration. I think that's fair. Um, especially towards the end, I did get to be a little harder to be around. And this time especially, um, she really needed me, me to be there a little bit more than I was. And I tried. I really did. And not like physically be there, because I was, but just mentally be there and not bitching about myself. Um, which I wasn't, but any kind of, of self-pity or woe is me regarding the diet when she needs me to be there for her, for support just unacceptable and so even though there was very little of it there was more than there needed to be so um so i'm, I'm kind of on the fence and, and considering that but uh i don't know i'm gonna play it by ear i don't have any strong commitments right now one way or the other um i do know that it's time for a growth phase right now and so i started in on the first workout of that today hit a back workout just knowing that back is one of those things that i've really got to bring up i've got to bring up legs as well although i gotta tell you i was pretty happy with how my legs cut up um, for this, so the quads and the hamstrings all came out to play, which was nice. Need a lot more size there, but I feel better about them now than I have in the past. Um, the back, though, I think I just need a lot more size there. So I'm going to be hitting that pretty hard. Um, she's got me rocking a five-day split right now, so she wants me to take two days off per week, which um, I used to be one of those guys. I'd lift like 20, 30 days in a row and then take a day off, mostly just because I had to because something would come up on a weekend. <clears throat> and uh, otherwise, you, you couldn't get me to take a day off. And once this prep started... And she's like, no, you need to push harder until you feel like you need that day off. I'm like, okay, fine. And then suddenly that became my favorite day, my day off. It's like, oh, love it. So good just to not have to do anything. You know, still doing cardio, but not having to lift. And so now the thought of two days off, I'm like, heaven, that's perfect. I'm going to take Wednesday off in the middle of the week. I have a, a, a busy stretch um, for client check-ins. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is my busy stretch. Um, so taking a day off from lifting in the middle of that to just make sure I'm caught up on things and can get ahead a little bit on, on feedback and um, ahead of schedule on check-ins will be nice. So I'm going to take that. And Sunday is my days off. So looking forward to that. That'll be good. Um, and other than that, it's just, you know, it's focusing on training, quality of execution, continuing with the cardio, um, keeping my water intake consistent because that's something that usually falls off a little bit um, and enjoying a little bit of balance. So I have my meal plan in place right now. My macros are actually the same as they were right now um, as they were um, going into peak week. Um, well, actually, my carbs are up by 20 and my fats are up by 10. So my current macros, 240, 150, 65. So not high. And she wants to keep things, you know, a little closer to the vest until I'm kind of out of this rebound zone and I get all this, you know, eating that I've got to do <laughs> out of my system. Um, I'm actually going to go bake some cookies here this afternoon. It's like, if you know me, you're like, 
what the fuck are you doing baking cookies? It's not you. It's totally not me. But at the same time, I'm like, I just want to do it. So um, I've got some videos to shoot for um, uh, nutrition stuff that I'll be throwing up on YouTube now that I can play around with some different recipes. I've got a few saved up that I want to get committed to video and talk about and share. So I've got to get those done. Um, and there's just, you know, there's a, a lot of stuff to do. Working some flexibility for some dinners with the wife. We're going to make a soup tonight um, that I'm uh, will be macro-friendly and will fit the, the targets that I have left open for a flex block that I've left open um, for the dinnertime meal. So um, that's pretty much it going forward. Just you know, high-quality training, making sure I'm well-rested, making sure I'm well-fed but not inappropriately so. Um, and then we're just going to grow and see what happens from here. And I don't, I don't have any further commitments beyond that. But um, Coach has been great, so I'm going to stick with her through this phase um, uh, as long as that remains practical. And uh, we'll take it from there. So that's it. Um, that's my prep in a nutshell. So there you go. Um, so if you've gone through a prep, a lot of this will feel very familiar. A lot of this will sound familiar. And if you haven't gone through one before, um, this will give you an idea. I mean, just you know, hearing stories like this, I think it helps kind of frame things a little bit. So um, you kind of get a sense for what's involved, what it feels like. And my goal is to kind of w- with this was to kind of walk you through how the whole thing went so that you could kind of be there along with me um, and hopefully experience it vicariously and learn a little bit about the process if you haven't gone through it before. Uh, so that, that was it. So um, I'm going to shut up. Um, I'm going to go uh, take a quick break and uh, eat some food. I'm done here. So um, I appreciate you all um, for listening in. We'll be back on Monday with another episode. I've got some content going up this weekend. There's a blog post going up um, tomorrow on Saturday. So Saturday and Tuesday are the days for those. So we'll chat again before the, the one that goes up um, following that. Um, I've got a, a form fix video that will be going up soon. There's a nutrition video that I've got to edit together as well. So I've got a lot, of, a lot of stuff going up. So keep your eyes on YouTube. I'll be posting about that stuff on Facebook, Instagram, and it'll be going up on Pinterest as well and Twitter. So follow me on social media. Um, and thank you very much for listening. And I got to tell you, all the support that I got from everybody, um, from clients, from listeners, all the support and the encouragement through this whole process, it really, really means a lot to know that you guys are out there listening and sending good vibes. So I appreciate that. And uh, I'm looking forward to sharing the, uh, the results that came from this as well. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. I hope everybody has a great Friday. Enjoy your weekend. And we'll touch base again on Monday.